Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show and a hurried Redemption Thursday edition of the program. Goodness gracious, that was a last second make it. Doesn't usually happen that way. I'm Jeff, that's Tom. Great to be with you. Welcome in, everybody. All right, now we're organized. You can find me on Twitter at Jay Cameron Show. Oh, by the way, you're watching on War Chant TV and you're listening on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. Good to be with you. Sorry. Busy time. Normally, I like to be in the uh, host's seat in front of the microphone before the final cymbal crashes and the intro begins, but uh, that's kind of where we were. I was actually off. It's as if I was muted in a box and then told, guess if you're ready, because normally just because we've used that song for so long, I can I can, I can can hear uh, each note and go, oh, well, it's, it's now, but I... The last two are identical. So yeah, they're close. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. there might be a, a small difference. Yes, yeah, yeah. If anybody could tell, it's you. But you know, if you're throwing the cans on in that moment, you got to guess. I was. I was throwing them on right then, and I saw the look on your face, and I'm like, I think I'm a go. I think I'm a go. <laughs> uh, also, last second redemption Thursday. It's just it's it's a busy time right now. It's a good it's a good thing um, that it's busy like this. You want more news, not less news. You want more things to talk about, not less things to talk about, but everybody's just a lot of, a lot of action, a lot of, a lot of stuff, a lot of things to take in a lot of, a lot of sources and connections and folks you're talking to. And is that confirmed? You don't know. You're not sure you feel good about that one. What percentage would you say that is? If you thought the season was over, if you thought speculation Mm -hmm. season and news where the items were over just because football the final play has been run on the 2021 season. You're sorely mistaken. There's yeah. a lot of things going on this week. A lot of things. A lot, a lot of balls of, in the air. Yeah, a lot of what have yous. A lot of what for. Here we go. Here's we also have breaking transfer portal news for you. Yeah, Adrian Martinez has entered the transfer oh, portal the from comments. Nebraska. Yeah, Damn I, it. Right when I pulled – well, I had to pull StreamYard up because I, that was the other thing I was doing in the last second was trying to get on StreamYard so that we were connected. And I realized, uh, oh, man. Look at that. I don't I will tell you I do I don't uh, uh no no to both Spencer Rattler and Adrian Martinez. No. No, 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 no. Like three things I don't want to see. Hey, Bo Nix wants to go to Florida State. Nope. Nope. No thanks. Don't want that. Spencer Rattler wants to go to Nope. Nope. I'm good. Good good with that. Saw enough of Spencer at o- OU. And Adrian Martinez good cru- Oh my god. No. A resounding. You don't want to see the Adrian Martinez, Jordan Travis spring uh, practice avaganza. I was trying to make it a ganza, but yeah, extravaganza, spring aganza. Let me tell you something. If Adrian Martinez transferred here, and he, I, I suppose he could no to play year fifteen. Don't you put that on us? No, I don't want to put that on us. But I suppose he could 
play his 12th season of college football, all of which have been terrible. Uh, I would I would be so sad. I would expect him to show up balding, beer gut, three kids, smoker. I mean, it's just been a long time. He has been through a lot, man. Don't want it. Um, so I'm looking through and I'm thinking about the items that would be, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, no guys, don't you throw that at me. I love that. All of you did it. All of you, as soon as I pulled up the chat, Hey, there is, you know, the, the main thing right now. And on a serious note, before I get to redemption Thursday wagers, there, there's two very serious things happening that everybody is trying to get to the bottom to on the beat. Anybody that covers uh, this team, this program, understands the importance, obviously, this time of year of recruiting. So that's been the main topic, right? It's it's recruiting uh, for the for the early uh, signing day in a couple weeks, and and everybody knows that. Okay, look, you you got to get. A lot of help here, here, and here. You're in the mix for some very important names that are out there that haven't made decisions yet, some of whom are legacies. All of that is true, and so you're constantly trying to find nuggets, kernels of information that lead you uh, to, to finding answers. But the other thing is, and in truth, I think this is what has been on a lot of people's minds for a long time. It's been something that I've brought up on this show for a long time. It's something that's bothered me for a long time, and that is that Florida State has to give itself the best possible, put itself in the best possible position to succeed. And I felt like we were kind of meandering about in the wilderness there for a while uh, because we did not resolve the situation of athletic director. And AD is of vital importance, and especially now, especially now. And so as that situation and listen it was a matter of uh when not if we knew this this was not wild speculation this uh, i mean it, it, coburn was basically tabbed as an interim athletic director and he was not a man that had ever done it before and he was uh, in essence brought in at a very difficult time to be a bean counter uh and and i've talked about that i mean that's fine but that's not who you want now uh, and it's nothing against him and his time at Florida State and his undying loyalties to Florida State, which are all self-evident. Um, no, it's a thankless time to be the athletic director of the university. You've got to go through a football program that's not seeing people renew season tickets and COVID. So when you've got to when you've got to cut the budget and slash the budget, nobody likes you. That's the unfortunate nature of that position. But yes, you're right. As you're trying to move forward, you need somebody with a resume that uh, includes different strengths rather than just looking at a balance sheet. It's a guy that leads your program. It is all interconnected. That job is of vital importance. There's a reason Southern Cal has been lost in the wilderness until they hired Mike Bone. There's that guy who built Cincinnati. Why is Cincinnati good? That guy comes over to Southern Cal. What did they do? They started hiring real coaches, including a Hall of Fame golf coach who I talked to last night, uh, a, a guy that you know was won a national championship at Texas A&M. Southern Cal suddenly decides, oh, we want, we want a new golf coach. Well, why? You're going to pay for a guy who's one of the most expensive in the country? Because why? You're serious about stopping sucking. You want to bring in the best of the best across the board. So now what do you do? You go bring in Lincoln Riley? Well, why does that happen? Because they finally had a real athletic director who is prepared to lead them forward and win across the board. They're invested. Well, you can't do that unless you have a guy, a dude, like a guy that leads an entire program. And Coburn was not going to do that. Wasn't equipped to. He'll disagree with me vehemently. Sure, if he hears this, he's not happy about it. Tough luck. That's the deal. So that's where we're at. And 
that's why I've been holding my breath for the better part of a year, waiting for this hire. Um, nobody's universally beloved. It is rare that you're going to hire somebody and everybody goes, that's the one, we got it. There it is. But so my point is there will be, it will be contentious. There'll be debate. There'll be people, if you hire this guy, that say we should have hired that guy, hire that guy. They'll say, well, we probably could have got that guy. Did anybody talk to so-and-so? It's always going to happen. There are factions of people fighting for a guy. That is what's going on at the university, and it's what goes on everywhere. Factions. Good word. Good word. That's always been the case in the booster community. It goes all the way back to Bowden's dismissal. There were different factions. Well, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, well we can go down that path. No, it's I mean, just an example. We can brush right past it and go on, yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're, I know what faction you led <laughs> from the airwaves. <laughs> I made abundantly clear there was no hiding. Uh, I wasn't in the fog. I wasn't like secretly. To the point when it happened, the day that it happened, Millar got so tired of the phones ringing, he put busy all. He's like, I don't want to deal with this. This is ridiculous. It's over. It's over. Don't call complaining. So he hit busy all. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I get it. I mean, everybody's got, everybody's going to weigh in. Everybody's passionate about the school. Everybody's passionate about the direction of uh, Florida State football, but all the other programs, too. That would be if you're passionate about the school. But just the general direction of your program and having a leader, uh, it all starts there. It's like uh, that guy, whoever that guy is, whoever that athletic director is, his job is to provide the resources and uh, capabilities for his coaches to succeed. Now, those coaches, in turn, it's their job to put those players, to give them the resources and the capabilities to succeed. So it all trickles down. And if you're an athletic director and you have a major disconnect, you got a major problem on your hands. And that's why people leave otherwise seemingly good programs to go to other programs where you go, why would that guy ever leave that job? Well... But that's what makes this an interesting time just doing what we do. Because if you had an article on, say, oh, I don't know, warchant.com that said something along the lines of, and don't don't look for this particular article. This is an example, folks. But it says, Mari, uh, sorry, uh, Marvin Jones Jr., extreme interest in Florida State, overnight surge for the Knowles. That's going to get 50 times the amount of clicks as hot board for a new athletic director, right? Like That's not going to get as many clicks. But these are both critical things. In fact, the athletic director hire is more critical than one player in the class of 2022. That Correct. Will not, that will not be the clicking habits Correct. No, no, no. of an Correct. FSU sports consumer, but it what a critical time. You're talking about transfer portal, no particular order. Transfer portal, recruiting class, I don't know, maybe there's a position coach change or two. Maybe, maybe, right, there might be none. Athletic director change. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. ACC Network on, on Xfinity. It's been a busy week. It's only Thursday. Well, only Thursday. It's uh, only Thursday is really close to touching Friday. So I'm, I'm, I'm. <laughs> I'll feel the way you do in about an hour. The ba- the second hour, of the Thursday show is always a ooh. All right, happy hour soon. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Soon enough. It's it is a busy time, but it's a fun time. It's an exciting time. It's why you're lifting up every rock and listening to every possible decent source that you have, and you're trying to check all the boxes and find out what's what and. Uh, we, we're all doing that at Warchant.com. Everybody is doing that. Anybody who's got uh, a, a, a credible source that could could clue you in on the direction this is going, because it's it's very important. The, the, another reason it's very important is if you look around, there there are a there there's evidence that you have an opportunity that you must seize 
Florida is not in its best position currently. There are controversies that surround Strickland. Okay, so this is a different deal. Not everybody's pleased with the job he's doing at the University of Florida. The Napier hire aside, okay, and and I I like Napier. No guarantee that's going to work. I like I like what I know about him, but we'll see. We'll see, right? And that's true of most people, but it's especially true um, when you get kind of outside that that very small group that have had the wildly consistent success at the upper crust of the Power Five. And then Miami has been in a state of constant disarray for a very long time, and it appears that it still is. So if you marry that with some overtures around college football from people that I talk to that seem to think there's starting to be a crack in the veneer at Clemson, especially if Venables leaves and some other things that are happening behind the scenes there, if you can get this right, if you can get the right guy to lead us into the future – very, very forward-thinking, aggressive, secures funds, all of those things, gets it, has a vision. Um, you can really make great headway uh, very, very quickly against pivotal rivals. Well, I think this is also something that might be considered a radical idea to a lot of Florida State fans. When you're talking about leading us into the future, and immediately I think a lot of fans would say, well, yeah, that's what the head coach is going to do. Well, at real universities with real athletic programs like the whole thing that are run by an athletic director who has the power of course we're we're uh an athletic department of note we're competing for a lot of national championships and we are florida state i I get that but when you're run like a real athletic department is run the person who leads the vision is the athletic director we have been operating with two separate almost cells within the university Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there is the head of football which is the head coach and then there's the athletic director tucked over here doing something else not a whole lot of meddling into football, but they're doing something else. Their goals are different. It should be a hierarchy with the athletic director leading the charge. Without That's what happens at most big-time universities, and it has not happened here since when? Well, I, well it, it wasn't Stan. I'm certainly going to end it up. It wasn't Randy. Well, it's Dave Hart is the answer, but the yeah. problem is that, I mean, and I don't want to relitigate this. This is stuff I railed about 15 years ago. But it's been 15 years is my point. All of the athletic directors post-Dave Hart were puppets. All of them. We could not get a real athletic director in here for a variety of reasons. Chief amongst them, they would have wielded no real power given the way the booster organization ran athletics. So that that was, and I'm not knocking that. It worked effectively. We outkicked our coverage for a very long time. So it wasn't a total failure. But it became antiquated, and it became impossible, unless we modernized, to get a real athletic director to even consider this job. Why would you come here without any real power? So people who took that job, I'm sure all of them, and I knew all of them in various capacities, wonderful guys, got along with every one of them. I did. I got along with every one of them. Not that that's the... Uh, the the bar. I'm just letting you know. I had no personal angst for any of those men. I just knew they were puppets. Yeah, they could they help. largely knew it too. They could help with other projects, non football projects. They could help with that, and some did in a big way, in a big way, but not with football. And that's why I'm saying it. Yes, I know you don't want to relitigate everything from scratch, but if you're my age and you're an FSU alum, you've only known one way, and it's not the way that most other places operate. This is a bit of a radical concept. If, if, of course, as you say, they get it right. Well, 
the good news is they have a chance to because the the restructuring of the organization has led to viable candidates, real candidates excited about the possibility of being an athletic director at Florida State University for the first time in a long time. They weren't guys that were going to kowtow to the president, uh, although to some degree everybody does. You understand that uh, the great leadership, you know this, uh, of course, is identifying the person you want to lead these programs because they have a set of skills that you value and you've vetted during the interview process and their resume suggests as much and you get the hell out of the way. You get the hell out of the way unless there's something egregious that you need to step in with. Yeah, it's Dabo's greatest strength as a head coach. Well, once he – look, there are a lot of reasons – I, I, I've done it so many times, but Dabo figured out pretty quickly that he wasn't the Mensa running things over there as far as X's and O's go. Yeah, he's not drawing it up. No. What he figured out was, I'm a really, really good recruiter. I've got a very specific pitch, uh, and guys will play hard for me. They'll buy into my shtick. Uh, so I need to go out and find real coaches who actually know what they're doing and put them in place and let them do that while I do all the other stuff. I used to say that very disparagingly, and the way it came out just now suggests that I still feel that way. That's not true. I've since learned that was an immature way to look at that leadership. Knowing what you don't know is very critical, and then hiring people who fill in the gaps for those things that you don't know, and then getting out of the way and letting them do that while you adhere to your strengths, that is leadership. And he did do that better than I ever thought could. I used to laugh at him because he had to go bring in the best of the best in terms of coordinators. But in truth, that was egoless on his part. It was a way to continue to keep your job, build a program, make a ton of money, and become this thing that he's become now, which is a top-five coach in college football. Yeah, he understood the pay cut was the way to go. A lot of coaches would be too – I mean, they look at the dollars and cents of it, and they'd be short-sighted. That's got a long-term vision in mind. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. Yeah. Not necessarily – Dabo and his way of doing things, but you want somebody who has a long-term vision in mind that understands that sometimes you have to make things worse before they get better, and you got to fundraise the hell out of this thing. That is modern athletics directors 101. Perhaps there were other ways of being an AD back in the day. My uncle was at Georgetown 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Right. These days, we need buildings, and no, not ones for you know research and science. Those are important things. But you know what's more important? A football-only facility. That's what's more important. Right, right. You need more weight rooms. You need more this. You need more that. It's crazy. You also have to have, yes, you have to do whatever you can to lure the best of the best if you want to compete at that level. I agree. That's all true. And fundraising is a big, 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 big part of the job. And that's how you get to those things. But you also, I think, have to have uh, a vision and be in line with, uh, let's say, you you you. You parse that to the to the coaches you work with on a daily basis who then in turn do the same for their student athletes and then we get everybody pulling in the same direction with one vision, one belief one and it's not just that's not rhetoric. it has to be that way. These people aren't accidentally uh, in positions of leadership uh, they, they've shown themselves to be true leaders by having that vision and by uh, not only espousing it, teaching it and getting people to go along with it um, so that you don't have factions. So that you do have a team of people pointing in the same direction. Yeah, I mean, look at the last two head coaches for the football program. One has been consistent in messaging from day one. And there have been times that we don't want to hear it, like 0-4, but the message was consistent. Well, that's it what did I not waver. To, right, and I get what you're saying, but that's when I wanted to hear it the most. Because otherwise, if it could be fractured that easily, you never believed it yourself. Meaning the guy espousing it. Right. So yeah. I needed to hear it most when we were 0-4. 
Had he wavered at all, I would have thought, oh, Jesus, another fraud. That's exactly what I would have thought. Redemption Thursday picks coming. Hang in. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Da-da-da-da. All right, so let's do this. Let's put it up on the screen here. It's time. We ran long, and by long, I mean a necessity to talk about the importance of hiring a an AD with a vision and connections and fundraising ability and uh, all the good stuff that goes with that. Um, important conversation. Got it. Now we're going to get into gambling, which is a more fun conversation. Maybe not as important, although it feels like it, if you're the one with the bet on the line. But here you go. Here you go. It's a little disjointed today. Uh, I think I'm going to have more than this on my personal card this weekend. I'm going to go out with a bang in the college football season, Tom. I'm going to throw it down on a lot of games. Ooh, all right. How about also East Tennessee State, baby, going up against Kennesaw. We got a war. How about a round robin parlay? There you go. Round robin parlay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you seen that on the app? I have not used that app part of the app. I've oh. used parlays. I've used teasers. I've used all those things. Round robin parlay. It's. Um, I want you to talk about it in a moment. It's a doozy. Here we go. Give me Georgia. Give the six to Alabama. Very specifically, here's why. This feels like a position where you, as a shrewd gambler, would actually take Alabama to rise up and create a dynamic in which this becomes a slugfest, a lower-scoring game, and they're in it in the fourth quarter in need of just making a play here or there. They've got the better quarterback to do that if they can make that happen. But they've got to get a lead early in order for that to happen, Tom. They're going to have to keep that – they're going to have to stay out in front of it. If they get down and have to come out of, of, of what they want to do and, and really start to have to chuck it around the lot all the time, they're going to have a hard time because they couldn't block Auburn's defensive line. They've had trouble blocking a number of the better defensive lines that they've faced. And you're not going to block Georgia's defensive line. So far, nobody has. Absolutely nobody. And by Alabama standards, this is a subpar offensive line. It's not Bama S. They've had injuries in the backfield as well. This is not vintage Alabama. They lost a ton, a ton. It finally hurt them. It, it, it hurts everybody else in the world, but not Alabama, typically, because of the greatness of their recruiting classes stacked on top of one another. But this is the first time losing immense amounts of talent from last year's national championship team came back to hurt them a little bit. There's a blip. There's a bump in the road for once. 
it's all relative. They lost one game this year, but they've been in a lot of close games. LSU close, Florida close, Auburn close. I mean, way too many close games this year, which tells you, again, they're not operating at peak efficiency right now. Fun topic is the speculative uh, nature uh, surrounding uh, Nick Saban in the next two to three years. It's, it's kind of getting interesting. There's, there's, there's a thought that we're getting towards a place where maybe, just maybe, finally, age and the wear and tear that is recruiting at that level and winning at that level with those expectations, which lead to those weird, flying off the handle, angry at your fan base press conferences, are getting to him. Let's hope. That's big picture discussion. This is just a bet. I'm taking Georgia minus six. All right, how's that? Houston plus 10.5 against Cincinnati. I've actually run counter to what a lot of the public has been doing the last few weeks with Cincinnati. Cincinnati stumbled under the immense impression, uh, pressure to have an impression on the committee. And they really struggled week to week against the likes of Tulsa and so forth to create distance in their winning margins. And you, you began to wonder, was it too much? Somewhere along the way, they said, screw it and figured it out, and I happened to guess exactly when that would be. And I had covered, I had taken Cincinnati these last two weeks to win and win big and cover the lines comfortably, and they did. That's good for me. I'm running against them here because this is it. This is it. You're this close. Houston's a good team. They're getting 10 and a half. Give me the hook. Do you think they were distracted a little bit this week, Cincinnati, with the fickle talk? Oh, I'm sure. Well, I mean, when you're trying to prepare for a big game like this, any if you lose a day combined being distracted and having your head in the clouds instead of prepping, that could be worth how many points? Yeah, no, I like Houston getting 10.5 here, uh, so at least I do on a redemption Thursday. I'll, I'll, I'll delve deeper. I'm, I think I'm probably going to put that on my real card. Uh, Pitt minus three against Wake Forest, and here's the, the logic behind this. Both great offenses, both good quarterbacks who put up numbers. Who do you trust to get a couple of stops if they have to? You don't, you don't trust Wake to get yeah, a couple of stops. Who do you trust to make a couple of throws if you need them? Well, both. Pick I, I like both quarterbacks to make those throws, though. I really do. Really? I, I, well, against these defenses, I okay. do. This is not – Pitt usually plays good defense. They haven't in the back end of this year. But I think they're good enough to get a couple of stops more than Wake. You know, just all this talk, we've been talking about coaching carousels, athletic directors, mm-hmm. and now we're phys- you know talking about the physical football games. Mm-hmm. Saturday, well, tomorrow, it starts tomorrow night with the Pac-12. It's going to be a fun weekend. Yeah, well, and this is actually, it's fun. that It's good that you brought it up because my point yesterday about the desperation college football finds itself in in need of a czar, uh, a commissioner, it, it, it really does, it lends itself to what you're, you're pointing out. Why are we just incessantly talking about coaches and not the games, not the players, not the conference championships, not the because they, there's nobody who has the best interest of college football in mind that can wrangle this thing and create some parameters where where the sport is elevated, the games are elevated. The NFL gets that right. You ever notice that the NFL hiring process is such that you're not allowed to talk to coaches during the season that you want to bring in. You have to wait until after the season before you start that process. So the games become the champions. Like We focus on the games because ain't nobody talking to nobody that's on that sideline right now. So like, let's say the Texans want to make a change. And they want to bring in, they want to pay an outrageous amount to whomever, Tomlin, whatever, right? Well, I can't talk to them. I mean, they got to wait. Yeah, that would be something that would be an easy rule to reinstate. Would be because your your friend, 
Rick Neuheisel. Yep, was, my, my was buddy. talking about this. Yeah. Your pal. Oh, he was talking about this today? He was talking about this, I believe it was yesterday. Mm. I, I, you know, it's all a blur when you're driving around listening. But how early signing day doesn't fit anymore. It doesn't fit with the transfer portal, and it doesn't fit with the coaching staff switching. So you should either move the early signing period up before the season begins into August with the caveat that if a coach changes, you can back out of your deal. So you sign, but if the coach changes jobs or is fired, then you could open it back up. Otherwise, you're in. Or you just put it back in February where it was, and yeah, that's right, fine. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And then you allow for all of these things to take place. So the transfer portal doesn't have to take place concurrent to the signing period. If teams don't want to do it, they can fill up their roster with transfers before mm-hmm. they make the deals on signing day. And so, therefore, a kid who it feels pressure because they're going to pull his offer in December if he doesn't sign on the 15th right, right, or the 16th right. or 17th, he doesn't feel that pressure anymore. He now could go with eyes wide open about what situation he's about to walk with into. Eyes wide open. Uh, that would be a take of a Creed song right there. That's a terrible one. D- terrible song and take. Daryl writes, if I was in Tallahassee, I would take Cincinnati in the 10 and a half. Well, you're not getting 10 and a half. You'd be giving me 10 and a half, Daryl. Cincinnati is the favorite. Uh, but just so you know, just to clarify for others who may be looking at that, see the big you take and Jeff takes? Um, no, 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 I'm not trying to be. I, I, that sounded bad. I, I'm just saying that's how that that's how that reads. That's how that reads. Uh, okay, so a couple of stacks fall out of an ATM and listen <laughs> to this guy. You know, he's just... uh, I'm going to take Michigan uh, and give the ten and a half to Iowa. Iowa's entire existence under Kirk Ferentz says I'm wrong. I mean, they not find- necessarily. This is not a night game at home for Iowa. Yeah, they, but they I, can't play this at Kinnick at night. They do keep every game within reason. They're always there, and they, this is funny. I talked to Tom Cakert, who covers Iowa and has for whatever fifty years. Talked to him for the college sports book yesterday, I believe it was. Matthew and I talked to him, it, and I, I my first question to him was, when you watch Iowa play football. It would appear over the course of the game the other team is better. <laughs> and then I wrote, but they don't win. Why is that? Meaning the team that appears to be better every week. Every time you're watching Iowa, you're like, oh, that other team's better. And then you're like, oh, look at that, Iowa won. And he said, well, they play exactly to their identity, and they never, ever, 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 and he's right about this, ever panic. Watch Nebraska prove why they're Nebraska up 21 to nothing or whatever the hell it was. Watching that team throw up all over themselves when they began to realize that they could win the game, it's something. It's hard. It, you know what it was like? And Nebraska did this a lot this year. It's, a like, it's like a guy that finds himself in a position to win a major who knows damn well he has no business, no business, being in that position to win this major. But, hey, it worked out. And he went through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, not believing he was going to win. Footloose and fancy free. Hey, you know what? Made the cut. Great. Oh, look at that. I'm in the top five. Great. I'm going to make a lot of money. Yeah, I'm going to make a lot of money. Sunday rolls around. Couple guys double number two. Oh, I pardon him. I'm in the lead. Oh, my God. I could win the major. It's that moment. You've seen it. We've all seen it. It's like you're like, oh, no, he knows. Oh, no, he knows he could win. 
And then you get some loose swings. You start to see that faraway look in their eyes. And you got the caddy looking over like, who's this guy? What just happened? I lost my player. You know? And he's trying everything he can to put his arm around him without making it obvious that this guy's about to puke. Right, yeah. Yeah. And there's Vern on the seventh tee. We go to Trombley. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. He'll have a real hard time. Well, and I always feel terrible for that guy because that would be me, and I feel awful for him, and it's just like, oh, no, it's all happening. There it is, grand opening, grand closing. It just happened. But We go to 11. And Nebraska did that last Saturday. It was hilarious. They're like, we're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win. It's 21-9. to It's not over. Oh, it's 21-16 to on a blocked punt. Mm. Guess what's going to happen here? And meanwhile, Scott Frost is going, I know what's going to happen here. Look at these losers. They're going to lose because that's what we do. We lose these games, and we've pissed it all away. You've got to show them tape of uh, one John Rahm at the players years ago, teeing off on a Sunday with Tommy Fleetwood. Not exactly the guy that you want to play with if you're looking for a steadying influence <laughs> on a Sunday. And Rom shanks his first tee shot. I don't know that you could actually shank one that's a pull, but he did. Yeah. And the fear in his eyes after yeah. he hit the shot, you go, what is wrong with you? Yeah. I don't know if it was the same year that he went in the drink on 11 and he got in the fight with his caddy. That but was the best moment ever. You knew first tee shot of the day. Nope, no chance. But now who was that guy? Right. That That's guy. why I would show my players. This is you, yeah. the tee ball that on dude Sunday. Right there. Yeah. This is who you could be, Yeah. eight and four. You have to be because this is not tenable <laughs> for any of us. This constant puking all over yourself is not right. tenable. The moment you're living in now is the argument between John and his caddy. That's what we're living <laughs> right now. That's what's going on in this room. It was it was something to behold. Okay, so back to the pick. Michigan minus 10.5 over Iowa. The, the, the history and the, the steadiness and the belief uh, at Iowa tells me this is the wrong pick. Nobody scores more than 24 points against Iowa. Therefore, it's hard to cover a 10.5-point spread. But I don't know how Iowa's going to score. Iowa leads the country in interceptions, 22 of them. They lead the third in the nation in turnover margin, first in Power 5. That is not... That does not portend of things to come. That's it's somewhat lucky. It's not total luck. You can't accidentally lead the nation in creating turnovers. You have to have put yourself in a position to benefit from some of those. But, man, Michigan doesn't turn the ball over. They've thrown three interceptions all year. So what good does your 22 interceptions do? I'm telling you, this turns out to be 21 nothing Michigan. 24-3 Michigan. 24-7. Okay. That, that's, you know, but what have I done with Georgia all year long with those totals? 49-3 to under the 55. That, uh, yeah, that's what yeah. I've done all yeah. year long. This feels like that. Cal minus four against Southern Cal. Southern Cal held a mutiny. They did not want to play this game. Cal fought to get it rescheduled so that they could play it. Cal wins by 38. Give the four. I had no idea they were playing. That's, an, that's it's a rescheduled game. Thank you. Uh, Cal, give the four to USC. Thank you. That's a I, Southern Cal quite literally didn't want to play the game, and they did not want to practice for the game. They shut the doors to the press this week because they had an insurrection. Players are telling everybody to go to hell. Well, if I was Lincoln Riley, I would want that game to be played. It's a free press conference. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots between Baylor and Oklahoma State. Just a brutal, physical, fun game. Really... Low key on the on the interest meter across the country, 
But I'm going to watch this game because I like how physical this game is going to be. And because of that, I'll take the five points with Baylor. They played earlier this year, and Oklahoma State won the game by more than five. But I just think that uh, Baylor's well-coached, and they'll keep it close, and I'll, I'll take the five there. Finally, here we go, boys and girls. We're going three-team. Six-point teaser pleaser, baby. I can feel it all the way down in my plum. Woo! Let's do this thing. Three team at plus 160. There it is. There it is. I may even add a fourth on my own card. We'll see. Increase the. I like the first leg of this one. This is a no brainer to me. Got the Cowboys down to a pick them. You like that? Yeah. Desperate team. I jumped on them before under six because you saw the inactives tonight. Oh, of course. Plus the Saints. Two tackles, Camara, not playing. Yep. No, I jumped on it too. I I hit the, the, the app and went hit. Hit, hit. Yes, I did. Uh, I've got the Vikings giving one to Detroit. I bet it down, six point. I mean, I mean if right? you can't. If you, well, yeah. we call it a day at that point. I'd fire his ass walking off the field if they he lose to Detroit. sucks anyway. I'm just telling you, I'd fire him if they lose to Detroit. You don't even get on, don't just get get the hell up out of here. Mr. Pucker. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Cardinals minus a point and a half. I bet that down to against the Bears. Don't you feel good about all these? Yes. It seems too obvious, so the NFL is you're going to hit one out of three. Well, the team that could screw me are the Cardinals, probably. Or the Vikings. Mm. They have one result it's this year against Detroit. the— Detroit! I know. I'll find the game. where I, What is this? They played close or outright beat a lot of decent to good teams this year in the NFL. There's one where you go, what? What, what is that? What were you doing that we, weekend? We <laughs> and they've gotten blown out in those circumstances a few times in the Zimmer— Cousins, Keenum era. You can't get blown out against Detroit with no Swift. Remember when Buffalo was asked four or five years ago, it was 28 to nothing in the first half? Yeah. That, that happens. No Swift in this game for Detroit, by the way. That's the that's the guy that you would lean into, I suppose. Uh, I don't know. No, no, no. If that happens, fire him. It's over. Silliness. There you go. Those are your Redemption Thursday wagers as brought to you, you can tell me in a moment, by Metro Deli of Tallahassee. I don't see why not. Go get you some Metro Deli, everybody. Turkey Grinder, huh? Eh? That's not an app Good for turkeys. Oh. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, it was the Lions in the first go-around. 19-17 to 17 was the final. Earlier this year. Earlier this oh, year, Oh, so yeah. they're alerted to the fact that they can't sleepwalk. That's an easy cover. Plus, they're desperate. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV. God's own dying son. Let's do this. This is exciting news. I'm excited to. Uh, oh, that's redundant, but I'm I'm very very pleased to to bring this to you. Uh, we mentioned it yesterday on the show. Uh, we 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 have solidified, locked in a time for and a date for the JCS uh, bowling tournament um, that benefits the children of the guardian ad litem. As uh, what this year we're going to have uh, two charities we're able to to help out. Two organizations we're able to help out, which I'm really 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 looking forward to. Uh, so it is December the 20th. That is a Monday. So let me get this out there for you. I'm going to reiterate what I said yesterday for those that missed it. We have had the good fortune of partnering with the guardian ad litem who reach out and help provide, uh, not only support legal and otherwise for kids who desperately need uh, our help. Uh, oftentimes kids that, or in the system, 
kids have less than desirable situations in their home life. Uh, it's lacking, to say the least. Sometimes it's downright abusive, uh, to say the worst. So to ensure that they can enjoy Christmas the way that uh, hopefully most all of us got to do as children, uh, they collect gifts and gift cards, oftentimes for the older kids, uh, to ensure that they're going to get something on Christmas. And we've done this now for years, and that is not a pat on the back to us. That's the least we could do with this medium. We have the ability to reach a lot of people with this microphone, and so why would we not want to do that? And it has turned out to be a, a real fruitful uh, partnership. Uh, the kids have done well. Uh, you guys have been champions for these kids, and it's the thing that always touches my heart the most. It's the thing that I really look forward to more than anything else, uh, and that includes the, like, the actual job. Like Being able to help in some capacity orchestrate this is the best. It's the best feeling in the world just to know that some of those kids are going to have a measure of normalcy on Christmas. It's a big deal. It's a really, really big deal. And so uh, we're going to do it again. December the 20th. We didn't get to do it last year because of COVID. We were also in transition. Everything was going on. But now we've locked it in. December the 20th. That's a Monday. If you're going to be in town and you want to participate, it's teams of four. And with in terms of the teams of four, you, know, you, know, you have a captain and then three people. Uh, you'll see it. If you're watching us on War Chant TV right now, you can see, you know, the, 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 the sign here, the, the, the sign-up sheet. Sign up by emailing radio at warchant.com. Sign up by emailing radio at warchant.com with your full team of four. Please use the subject JCS Bowling. The subject is JCS Bowling in the email. We're not accepting single-player entries at this time. So in the past, we had the ability to do that, where we could take a single and match them with some people. We don't have that ability right now, uh, but it shouldn't be a problem. People love this event, and they want to sign up. So I would strongly encourage you to do this today if you're listening to my voice right now or you're watching this. It's not to say you couldn't get in tomorrow or the next day, but it it fills up very, very quickly. You have to be available on December the 20th from 7 to 10 p.m. You have to be willing to contribute, uh, whether it is a gift card, or it is an actual physical toy for a young boy or girl, right? We would ask that you do this, you know, you bring in, um, you know, not a used toy, but something new. Yeah. And it really could be The term anything. is uh, unwrapped but new, so don't put right. it in wrapping paper, but right, leave right. it in the packaging. Leave it in yeah. the packaging, yeah. and we'll give you the places in which you can drop it off, and including uh, the, the day of the event if you want to, just bring it with you. Uh, there are a lot of possibilities. We'll do the... Um, brick-and-mortar uh, drop-off here at the station on certain days, but there are going to be places around town where we're able to collect gift cards and the like. Those gift cards are very important. I'm not telling you not to get toys, but I am telling you that if you're torn and you don't know what to get, uh, we would prefer you get the gift cards, and I'll tell you why. You've got a lot of different ages for the kids. So it's, it's everything from little kids all the way up to some of the older kids who oftentimes get left out. They don't get thought of as much. I mean, we all see a five-year-old and we weep for their situation. But 16-year-olds don't elicit the same sort of uh, empathy for whatever reason. And I mean, they should. And, and so gift cards allow the people at the Guardian ad litem 
to go with the kids and the parents of the kids and people like that to, to choose what they want. So you get a gift card from Target or Walmart or Best Buy or whatever the hell you want, but that, that's what you do, right? Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll tell you more in the coming days, but there are a lot of new listeners to the Jeff Cameron Show since we've come over here with our friends to 93.3 Real Talk Radio, and a lot of you may be driving around going, oh, I want to be part of that. Well, good. We'll be happy to have you. Uh, it is always, again, a moment that warms the heart. It makes my entire holiday season, uh, and it certainly, more importantly, makes theirs. So that's the thing, okay? Sign up by emailing radio at warchant.com with your full team of four. We're only, I think, what, we have 16 lanes at District 850? That's correct, yes. 16 lanes, teams of four. It's all charitable. It's all fun. We're going to bowl like three games. Uh, each yeah. okay, you know, yep. get, get three games. Uh, I believe my, my my dear friends at Gordo's are going to help provide food. The fine folks at District 850, I believe, are also going to chip in with some food. Uh, so you're going to get to eat when you go there. But I think maybe more important than that, although food is awesome, especially the, the food I just alluded to, you get to you get to do uh, something that really uh, helps kids in desperate need. So, can't say it enough. And there are a lot of people listening that will have a lot of questions. You can ask us on the chat. We'll get back to you. I'll answer as many of these as I can. You can also, again, um, reach out and and you can call in at times while we're doing the show. I mean, there are ways to reach out to find out. Yeah. I'm just well, kidding. I'm just kidding. I, we may want to create an email or something here soon on this because people from out of town may want to say, hey, I want to help out. I, I, I can't sure. be there at the event, but I want to help out. Well, if you want to, then also radio at warchant.com and just you know title the email JCS Bowling and say, listen, I'm not entering, but how, how do can I, I help? help? Yeah. Yeah. We'll be happy to direct you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's and huge. a phone call. I was just kidding. It's huge. It's huge. All right. So there it is. Sorry, I took up a, a huge thread there, but we needed to. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with me. 